Thanks for joining the One Cause Church podcast, Building a Better Life. For more information about our church, service times, and resources, please check us out on the web at www.onecausechurch.com. You can also search One Cause Church on Facebook and on Twitter. God bless you. I'm so glad all of you came today. Praise God. Good to see you. And uh, I want to uh, just call your attention here to this uh, Uversion um, slide. If you, how many of you use the Uversion Bible on your phone or iPod or iPad or whatever? All right, you can go there uh, to your app. Click on the live button and uh, search One Cause Church, and we've got some notes for you to follow by this morning. And uh, so we, we try to have that every week, <clears throat> and that's whether or not I get the information to the guys in time or not, but happen to today, so uh, feel free to log in there and check that out. Also, if you're take, I, wanna, I do want to encourage you to take some notes today if you can. If you've got a pen or something or you've got some notepad on your phone or something, please write a few of these things down. Um, I'm very excited about today's message. It's, it's, it's a piggyback on last week. We started, uh, started a message last week called This is How We Overcome and just want to continue that today. I have, uh, Brandon was saying something this morning, uh, I believe by influence of the Holy Spirit and uh, I, I believe I know exactly why you were saying what you were saying um, because it flows very much together with what the Lord's been showing me here for this message today and um, that I, I was thinking about that blessing while you were talking about that you know, we have the blessing of Abraham, the Bible says, has come to us, to us. Say, I am blessed with believing Abraham. That's what the scripture says. And now what does that look like? Well, this, it looks like this. God told Abram, Abraham, I will bless you and you will be a blessing. All right? So you, you, can't, be, you can't give away something that you don't have. Do you remember what Peter, Peter said at one point in Acts chapter 3 to the, to the lame man at the gate beautiful? He said, he said what I, well, I don't have, silver and gold, but what I do have, that's what I give you. Right? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the man stood up to his feet, and immediately his ankles and legs received strength. And he went walking and leaping and walking and leaping and praising God. And if he went to Sunday school, you know that song. All right? So that happened. And because that's what he had to give. And you have the blessing to give because you are blessed. So that's why it's important that you, can, that you get serious about the blessing of God on your life. Because it's not about just you. It's about you influencing others. If you want others to be blessed, you're going to have to be the conduit of that blessing. Right? So it's not a selfish thing to pray for the blessing. It's actually selfish to act like you don't need it. Right? It's actually to think that all you need are your needs met. Because if all you're praying for are your needs to be met, ladies and gentlemen, then your life stops with you. Right? It stops with you. Now, people think that's a humble thing to say. Oh, Lord, I don't ask for much. just want my needs met. Don't want to bother you too much now. No, 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 no. Hey, don't be so selfish. Dump it on me. Bless me. So that I can in turn be a blessing to others. I can truly live my life for not just existing in this earth, but being an influence, hallelujah, for the kingdom of God. Amen. Okay. Now, I want you to turn to 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. This, this is our launching pad. And we've got a few more scriptures that we're going to be looking over. But uh, 
It says, for whatever is born of God. And if there is anybody that's born of God in here, I want you to shout amen right now. All right? For whatever is born of God, and here's the promise, overcomes the world. I love that this verse does not say that whatever is born of God should overcome the world or needs to overcome the world. It says whatever is born of God overcomes the world. That's a fact. That is truth, all right? That's the kind of transformation that took place when you accepted Christ as your personal Savior. That old things went away and new things came. Everything became brand new. You became a new creation in Christ Jesus. And remember last week we talked about Paul who said, I am crucified with Christ. Past tense, done. I'm not being crucified, I am crucified. I don't identify with this flesh anymore. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Right? This is how you understand this reality. If God, This is what God declares over your life, that you overcome the world. And he says that to you because you have to understand that the world is trying to overcome you. You're either being overcome or you're overcoming. There's no middle ground. It's being overcome. It's either losing or winning. All right? And so he tells us in Romans chapter 12, don't be conformed to this world or to its its fashions, the fashion molded to the fashions of this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? So that you can live this life that God has called you to live. So the world is continually trying to squeeze us and mold us and pull us into its system. But this, I love this. He says, and this is the victory that has overcome the world. I love that the word overcome is here twice. God wants you to really get this. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes or has overcome the world, our faith. Our faith. That's the place of victory. And like I said last week, faith is not that vehicle that you get in that drives you to a destination called victory. Faith is the destination called victory. It's the continual state of being of victorious living. The word overcome means to subdue and conquer. Whatever is born of God subdues and conquers the world. And this is the victory that subdues and conquers the world, our faith. Now, it's important that you understand that so that you know what God's plan really is. In the very beginning, it was His plan. You remember what He told Adam and Eve after He created them? He said, subdue the earth, have dominion. Amen. Over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over all the the animals, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. I like the way it reads. Even over all the creeps, you have dominion over all of it. Hallelujah. Dominion. See, this is why now, see, what the last Adam restored to us, what the enemy stole from Adam and Eve in that garden. And that was their authority to reign their ability to conquer the system of this world. They handed it over. They handed their rights to it, their authority, their keys, if you will, over to Satan. And then he wreaked havoc for a while until the last Adam came. God's salvation plan was accomplished. Jesus took those keys back. And before he left, he gave them to his church. And now we are his body, his emissaries in this earth, and we are here to enforce his will on the earth. We're not here to just take up space. We're not here to just get by and hope that everything works out. No, we are here to subdue and conquer. This is the church of the living God, to march 
triumphantly in victory. This is how God's glory is known in the earth when you take your rightful place as His child in that arena, that atmosphere of faith, so that you dominate every foe that comes at you. Because here's the thing. You've got enemies in this world. I'm just here to remind you of that, not to freak you out or anything, but to actually encourage you. The world, the flesh, and the devil. These are things that are continually vying for your attention, trying to get in your heart. Let's, I'm, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but the world, see, it promises to serve you and to bring you pleasure. But what it really does is enslaves you and gets you in bondage, and it oppresses, right? Now, I don't, you don't have to raise your hand in here today, but I think probably most everybody here either has had a credit card or has credit cards, Right? And credit cards companies, they, man, they know how to talk to you. Man, oh, we're here to serve you. Right? I have a, fr- I have a friend who, uh, who flies a lot. He travels in ministry. And so he uses credit cards to get his miles, his, his air miles. And it works really good for him. But at the end of the month, him and his wife, they always pay off their balance. And he said, it's funny because I get these frequent letters from my credit card provider. And they say things like, we just wanted you to know we're glad to inform you that you don't actually have to pay off your balance. We are happy to serve you and just, and just carry it for you at 24.99% interest. And we're hoping that you'll continue to spend the money and buy things that you absolutely can't afford and live the life you've always wanted to live. And all you have to do is pay the minimum balance. We're here to serve you. Now, it got too quiet when I was talking like that. (laughs) They're not here to serve you. They're here to enslave you. That's why they give you that minimum balance. So they hope that you pay that so they can get the most bang for their buck. So that thing you paid $100 for, you'll end up paying $500 for it. All right? (laughs) So you are being lured and called upon by this world system all the time. And you're going to have to stay vigilant in faith so that you live an overcoming lifestyle. See, it's more than just, as I said last week, it's more than just a moment here and there of faith. The just shall live by faith. We live by faith. Um, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Now, what that means is that word walk means manner of life. That is, we have our manner of life by faith, not by the sensual realm but by faith. Everybody say, by faith. And then we define what faith is. What is faith? Well, according to 2 Corinthians 4.13, it says, we also having the same spirit of faith as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. So the spirit of faith is believing and speaking. And as I've said before, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, as Romans 10.17 says, faith comes by hearing. Faith is released by speaking. Hallelujah. So we believe and therefore speak. This is what a life of faith looks like. This is what a walk of faith looks like. Your declaration then determines your destination. So what is coming out of your mouth is taking your life to there. If you're talking hatred, if you're talking divorce, if you're talking lack, if you're talking that life stinks, then that's exactly what you're going to have. 
You have to understand how powerful that tongue is in your mouth. James said it's like that little bitty rudder on that huge ship, and it determines where that big thing is going, right? That little thing inside your mouth, I mean, can either, either bring great blessing or great trouble into your life. And if you don't like where you are today, praise God. God is a God of many, many chances. Not just second chances. I come to find out in my life, many chances. I needed more than just a second chance. I needed that more than a second chance yesterday. All right? So, so that tongue then, why, why does it work like that? Because God works like that. And because he works like that, you work like that because you're created in his image. He speaks, things happen. Guess what? You speak, things happen. And so faith is believing and speaking. This is the spirit of faith. So that, you have to be aware then of what's being played out in front of you by this world, the influence that, that's coming into your life. You just take, a, just, just take a look into your day. Take an inventory, an inspection of what goes on in your life and what you allow your ears to hear on a regular basis, what you allow your eyes to see on a regular basis, what you allow your mouth to say on a regular basis. You might be surprised that it ain't all that great. Right? Because you're not going to find that, that positive kind of thinking lifestyle by watching the TV. Not even Christian TV a lot of times. The things that are coming. So you overcome this system then by resisting what you are aware of. You've got to be aware of what it is that you're fighting, that you're resisting. It's whatever is contrary to the Word of God. And you as a believer, you have this spirit, this inner witness on the inside of you who's guiding you into all truth. And when, when, when this knowledge comes at you, you feel that or you hear that voice inside. And it's important at that moment that you follow that leading right there rather than ignoring it because he will always guide you in truth. Amen. I'm grateful that you have the same Holy Ghost that I do. I don't have to be your Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And you overcome it by resisting. And you resist by your believing and speaking, right? So you're going to have to speak to this world system then. Not just be passive and you have to speak. Proverbs 4.23, turn over there for a moment. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it says, Keep or guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it springs the issues of life. Now, I want you to notice here, it says, with all diligence. Why? Why? Because, because something's coming for it. Something's coming for your heart. Things are coming for it. And you have to keep it. You have to guard it. You have to preserve it. You have to cover it. With all diligence. Amen. It's overcome. Because out of it springs the issues of life. Okay, the word keep means to guard, to protect, to preserve, to maintain. So what does that have to do with faith? Well, we know that Romans 10 also says that with the heart, man, what? Believes. With the heart, man believes under righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made. So this is faith. The heart, man believes. So that's where your belief system is, right there in the core of your life, your heart. So if, if the world can get in your heart... If the enemy can get his fingers, if he can get his, 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 his voice heard there, if he can begin to turn and influence your heart, then he's got your life. Because out of it spring the issues of life. 
Out of your heart come the boundaries or the controlling factors. So God is certainly endeavoring to uh, get things into your heart that, that sets boundaries and releases controlling factors. But at the same time, the world is also attempting the same thing. And no one is going to guard your heart but you. It is your heart. God gave it to you. And He calls you to guard your heart. Keep watch over it. I have a dear friend years ago who uh, I played music with for many years. We, uh, we just did so many things together. And we studied the Word together, had a lot of great times in, in the Scriptures. And we, we believed pretty much the same uh, when we studied the Scriptures and things like that. Um, we went to church together. We just we were always hanging out. Good guy. Well, in the process of time... I ran across this blue-eyed girl named Heather Jo Cook. And uh, all my attention began to turn on her. And uh, so my relationship with my friend and as well as other friends just didn't seem all that important anymore. And whether they seemed important or not, she was letting me know they weren't as important as they once were. And so I, I started seeing it. One, it, it. My buddy did too. He's, he got a, not her. He got a girlfriend too. And, um, and so our, our time together began to, we just began to move in different directions. As a matter of fact, we ended up getting married and, and uh, started our family. And then he moved away and moved in with his girlfriend. And I didn't see him for a while. And time went by. And, and I remember one night, I remember one night, understanding just how different our paths went as we were discussing the scriptures again and we were talking about marriage and we were talking about these things and he said he began to tell me that he felt that this was simply Paul's opinion on marriage and not God's mandate and I I really was stunned I couldn't believe what he was saying this is not the guy I knew before this guy I knew before was adamant about the truth of the Word of God, stood firmly on the Word, and believed in the infallible Scriptures, and believed that it was God-inspired, God-breathed. And now, at this moment, he's questioning its validity. And I realize the reason he's questioning it because he started justifying his lifestyle. And so instead of changing, hmm, instead of changing uh, the uh, himself by believing the word he started changing the word into what he believed and and so his life we i couldn't i couldn't hang with him like that anymore we couldn't have those kind of conversations because i realized man this is not the guy i used to know this didn't happen overnight this happened over a span of time are you hearing me because if you're not guarding your heart before long you'll you'll find yourself in a place and go how in God's name did I get here? Ten years ago, 20 years ago, I never would have dreamed that this would be my life. That I would be doing this thing and I'd be talking like this or I'd be going to these kinds of places. How did this ever happen? This was never the dream in my heart. This is never what I desired in the beginning. But ladies and gentlemen, somewhere along the way, you let your guard down. And you let the world begin to creep in. and begin to buy into its philosophy and somehow went to sleep. To the truth. 
And you cannot allow this world to creep into your heart because all it does is steals from you. It steals years from you. It steals your life from you. It steals relationships from you. It steals your peace and your joy and your, your happiness and your love. This world, flesh, the devil, they're all vying for you. You have a solemn responsibility as children of God to rightly divide the word of truth. That is, believe the word and don't argue. Cast down every argument against the Word of God. You know, you, know, you know when that happens. You know when that happens. Go back to that place where you set up that argument, where you started, where you started justifying and say, nope, no longer. I'm believing the Word right now. I don't believe in my little whatever I've set up here. I'm going to believe the truth, and I'm changing today. Amen. So this, you overcome or you're being overcome. Keep your heart with all diligence. Amen. Allow the Word of God to have full impact. Colossians 3.16 says it like this. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let it dwell in you richly. Right? So the way that you have that is that you first have a rich heart, rich soil for that seed of the Word to come so that, as Jesus said, those who are good ground hear the Word, accept it, and bear fruit. All right? Let it. Let it dwell richly. Now, the way that you do that, the way you guard your heart is to open your mouth and speak the Word of God over your life. Because remember what I said, you're going where your tongue's going. Like the kid, everybody saw the Christmas story? I love this. I love on Christmas Eve, they play it for 24 straight hours. I can watch that movie back to back for 24 straight hours. I love the scene when that kid sticks his tongue to that frozen flagpole. Life right there stops, Right? Because whatever your tongue is attached to, your life is attached to. Amen? Oh, there is good news. By the way, my friend turned back to the Lord. Got married. Got lots of kids serving God in church faithfully. So that, and, and it happened because you just began to let the Word of God take its reign like it's, like it's supposed to. And take its rightful place again. And listen. You're here today, and, and you might be struggling even in your own marriage. Let me just give you just some advice here. The last people you need to go to for marital advice are the people that have had multiple marriages. All right? Come on. Give your marriage a fighting chance. All right? Those coworkers that, that act like divorce is Disneyland? Uh-uh. It ain't Disneyland. It's ugly. I mean, if you're going to, if you're going to get your car fixed, you're not going to go take it to the mechanic who never gets a car fixed. If, if you're going to get financial, sound financial advice, you're not going to go to that guy who has nothing but credit cards he's living on, right? Tell me the secret to your success. One word, debt, right? Give your marriage. A, go to the people who have been married longer than you've been alive, all right? Come on, give me a flipping break. Now, I'm not coming against anybody here that's divorced. You're divorced. Hey, let me just tell you this. You're in church. Hallelujah. You came to a place where you got a new start. Old things passed away. All things become new. You're in, a, you're in the right place for healing and for restoration and for, for a, a, a new change of pace for your life. Praise God. I don't condemn you today. God bless you. I'm glad you're here. Amen. Just don't be giving people marital advice. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding, y'all. That's that was seriously a joke. All right. 
Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. <laughs> you know, like your Uncle Bob who's been married 17 times, you know. Whatever he tells you to do, just do the opposite. You'll probably be all right. Amen. Come on, guys, lighten up with me here. I'm starting to sweat up here. All right, Ephesians 6.10. <laughs> Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Listen to that. Be strong where? Where? In the Lord and in the power of His might. Now, I want you to write these things down real quick. The word strong, this is so powerful, it has these three dynamics to it, these three definitions. Number one, it means not easily affected or upset. Not easily affected or upset. So make a decision today, if you haven't already, I'm not going to be easy, pray for the devil. That when he comes knocking on my door, there's going to be a fight. Right? Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You see, Jesus told his disciples in Luke 17, he said, it is impossible that no offenses should come. Well, that doesn't sound like very good news. It's impossible that no offenses should come. What Jesus is saying, you're going to have so many opportunities to get offended. Just get in the car and drive down 75 in traffic. I'm telling you, you will find many opportunities to get offended. Right? Just be married for a week, and you will find many opportunities to get offended. Amen. Not in our home, all these other people, honey. But woe, listen to what Jesus says. Woe to him, Luke 17, he says, woe to him through whom those offenses come. So it's one thing for the offenses to come to you, but it's a whole other thing for them to come through you. The moment you allow them to penetrate your life, see, then you set yourself up for the fall to be the victim instead of the victor. So when it comes to these kinds of things, I want to encourage you to be like old Carl. Old Carl was, um, well, he just argued with everybody. If anybody had anything to say, he was going to say something different. Anybody know that person? Yeah, I'm married to him. No. I mean, he was just going to argue about everything. So Carl went over to his buddy Bill, the blacksmith's place. Bill had just got through shaping a horseshoe and tossed it off to the side to let it cool. When Carl walked in and said, hello, Bill, and he said, hello, Carl. Carl meandered around there and reached down and picked up that hot horseshoe, wherewith he quickly dropped it to the ground Bill kind of smirked and said, kind of hot, ain't it, Carl? He said, nope, just don't take me long to look at a horseshoe. <laughs> See those offenses. Listen to me. See these, these offenses as something that you can't handle because that's not what you are shaped and molded and created to handle. All right? That you get them away from you as quickly as they come. That you shut the door. Amen. And do not entertain those kinds of things because all that will do will take you down a road that will lead to destruction. And you know what? You might even feel justified in your offense, but don't bite. You're not justified. You're never justified to be offended. Jesus even taught us later on. He even taught us later on. And Peter came up to him. I, I, I'd, I'd like to hear Peter's conversation with him because I have a feeling he was just a tad bit sarcastic when he said, how many times should I forgive my brother? Let me guess, seven. 
that seems to be your number, seven times. And Jesus said, 70 times seven, punk. No. <laughs> Uh, if I were Jesus, I would have said that. He didn't say that. but if... He said 70 times 7. You know what he said? He said, if your brother offends you and comes to you and says, I repent, forgive him. And if he does it again in a day and says, I repent, forgive him. And if he comes again, does the same thing again, and he comes back to you and says, I repent, forgive him. See? Well, wait, Jesus. I mean, three, three strikes, you're out, right? Fourth time, bam. Right? Is this what I do? I get a free punch in this deal? No, he says 490 times in a day. Right? You forgive. That's your response. Forgive. Now, if he's telling you to do that, then he knows that you have the ability to do that then. Right? Because you have to think about your future. You have to think about your children. You have to think about the life that's coming into your life, right? the future that's coming into your life. You have to understand that, that when you stop there at that offense, you stop your entire life. Right? And you don't hurt this other person. You only hurt yourself. And you only hurt those that are in your sphere of influence. That's why Jesus said, just forgive, forgive, forgive. Yeah, but Jesus, shouldn't I say, shouldn't I at least say, now, I'd like you to, to really be sorry. Now, you say I repent, but I want you to show me. I want you to prove it. Could you grovel? Could you get on your knee or something? And can I see some tears? Can I? No, he didn't, say, he didn't say any of that. He said, if they say I repent, forgive them. Hang on a second. This, this really blesses me. Are you telling me, Jesus, that all I have to do to you is say I repent? And you forgive me? Is God going to hold you at a higher standard than himself? Because I'm telling you, I've sat in the services where the preacher has said, no, you've got to really be sorry. You've got to really be sincere. You've got to really be sorry. No, I repent. It's done. I'll listen to you. I'm listening to Jesus. Amen. Amen. You know why that's important? Because your words are taking your life to a place. By saying I repent means that you're giving yourself a chance to actually do it. Amen. Okay. I'm almost done. Thank you for not saying amen there. All right. So the first, the first definition of that strong is to, <clears throat> excuse me, to be not easily affected or, or upset. Now look, now, look, number two, to be intellectually powerful. Wow, isn't that something? Strong in the Lord means to be intellectually powerful. Now, this is not talking about the world's knowledge. We're talking about the God kind of knowledge. This is where you renew your mind to the Word of God. The things of this world won't pull your life apart. When you have this strong mind, intellectually powerful. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. That is a mind that is self-controlled. You can control what you think. And number three, able to speak vigorously and clearly. That's interesting. Able to speak, being strong in the Lord means that you are able to speak vigorously and clearly. Vigorous means uh, energetic and powerful. This is good. To speak energetically and powerfully. So it doesn't sound like this. I believe the Word of God today. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for your promises. 
to speak vigorously is to come boldly before the throne of grace to say to that mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. To stand like Joshua did on that day on the battlefield when the sun was going down and he just had the audacity to say, son, stand still. And the whole solar system went, a man on planet earth stopped the solar system by speaking, declaring. Now, the reason that you have to do this, because remember, we're overcoming, we're not being overcome. And 1 Peter 5, verse 8 says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about, about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may, what? Devour. So we, we, he's, not, he's not out for your good. You see what his purpose is, to devour you. Seeking whom he may devour, resist him, steadfast in faith. He's, a, he's like a roaring lion, but he's not a lion. He sounds like a lion, but he's not a lion. He sounds big and bad and mean and tough, but he's not big, bad, and mean and tough. Because your enemy is defeated. And since he's defeated, all he has is a loud mouth. Right? And all you got to do is pop that loud mouth. Right? By speaking back. By declaring back what the Word of God has said. Nope, 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 nope. No, I don't accept. I don't receive that. That's not, that's not mine. That's not mine. That sickness isn't mine. That's not mine. This is not my lot in life to be poor the rest of my life. No, 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 no. My marriage is, is, is not going to ultimately fall apart. No, we're going to come together. That's God's will for my life, and I'm accepting what God has said about my life. Yeah. Are you hearing me? See, he's, he's like a roaring lion. I mean, he's coming at you loud, and he's coming at you confident. There's no match for you. He says, resist him how? Steadfast in faith. Resist him steadfast in believing and speaking. Believing and speaking. And I'll finish with this. Over Further down in Ephesians chapter 6, it says, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Do you see how thorough this victory is? You'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. The devil doesn't stand a chance to those who will fight. Shield of faith. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. It quenches them. These fiery darts, okay, I'm going to make it real easy for you to understand what these fiery darts are. They are his words. Remember what James says, the tongue is a fire. A fire set on by what? Hell. Not very encouraging. That's why you have to tame that. That's why you have to bring that thing under subjection, right? Because you know how it is. If you don't put any control on it, you're going to say the nastiest stuff, right? And so the enemy is throwing these accusations at you. You know who you you really are. You know what you did. All this kind of stuff all the time. You're never going to get out of this hopelessness, despair, anxiety, worry, fear coming at you, these, these voice, this voice coming at you, this fiery dark coming. Faith says, nope. I believe God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. For the Word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the vision of soul and spirit. Are you hearing me? 
My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. Hmm? You quench all of them by believing and speaking. Does this help you today? All right. Now let's bow our heads for a moment, please. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm going to let you out in just a moment. But I, I just want to um, encourage you today. I believe that there are some of you here today that are really in the fight. I mean, you are really in the fight right now. And you've got, you, you, you are, it's, it's, you're in it right now. I want to pray especially for you. Just, just between you and me and God. No one looking around. Just raise your hand right now. Right now. You're in the fight. And you just need a fresh wind, renewing, refreshing of the Spirit to come into your life, to come and undergird you, to, to, to lift you up. And let me tell you what, it starts right now by understanding that you've got to have Him with you in this. You are powerless without Him, but with Him, all things are possible. Now, at this moment, those of you with their hands raised, the Bible says, cast your care on Him, for He cares for you. So you're going to give it to the one who can handle it. And you're going to trust Him that this is going to work out. You're going to trust Him that victory truly is yours. And that you don't have to stand here and take this. You don't have to cope with this garbage. But you're going to allow the one who's greater in you to be great. Greater than he that is in the world. Greater than every obstacle. Greater than every enemy that comes at you. They don't stand a chance. One scripture says it all. If God be for you, who can be against you? What that tells you is, if God's for you, it doesn't matter who's against you. You win. And Father, right now, I thank you for victory for these today. I thank you, my God, that you are able to do so much more, exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. I thank you right now that you are the one who lifts the burden. You lift the burden. You said, come unto me, all you who are heavy laden, who are burdened, who are tired, who are weary. I will give you rest. Take my yoke up. Take my burden. My burden is easy. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Let him minister to you. Let him be God in your life. Father, I thank you right now for just a refreshing by your spirit upon these, Lord, that the next few days will be like a, a cool dip in a pool, Lord, in the summertime. Father, God, that they'll, that they'll know your peace and your grace, Lord, afresh and anew again. And I thank you, God, that that they'll understand every day that they'll take their rightful place. They'll stand in that place of victory. They'll open their mouth and they'll declare what God has said, no matter what they're seeing, hearing, feeling, but Father God knowing, convinced that God is able in my situation, being totally and utterly persuaded by none but Him that this day I will live in victory and tomorrow I will live in victory and the next day I will live in victory. And no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. You are victorious 
Because Jesus is the victor. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Once again, thanks for joining the One Cause Church podcast, Building a Better Life. We invite you to check us out on the web at www.onecausechurch.com for upcoming events and information about us. God bless you.